Welcome everyone to episode one of the Local Success Podcast. I'm your host, Ricardo Flores. As you know, I'm on a mission to admire, get inspired, and take action, which is why I'm so grateful to have my first guest on today, who I believe will do just that. She is a board-recognized specialist in child language, a fellow of the American Speech Language Hearing Association, and speech pathologist, Dr. Margaret Briggs. I had the pleasure to meet Dr. Briggs and connect with her over similar interests and values that we share. I truly admire her, I have been inspired by her, and I want to share her story. Thank you for listening. Now, Dr. Margaret, take it away. So, I um, am a speech-language pathologist, and I work with teens and young adults who have autism, or those who stutter. And um, it's definitely a calling for me, and I feel incredibly fortunate that I kind of fell into what I'm doing. Um, and it served me well and has given me a great deal of meaning and purpose and um, a sense of joy. Um, and you alluded to the quote that we both, that resonates with us both, and the sense of making a difference in the world is important to me. And so um, I think that was one of the things that connected when we first met, which was an interesting story because we met at a group called Parliamo Italiano because we're both interested, and I don't even know all what brought you in, but we're both <laughs> interested in learning Italian, and we found this fabulous group that meets at an Italian restaurant, and it's a great group of people, and I look forward to it every week, and my Italian, um, but most importantly, my confidence is improving. And we just started chatting, uh, you know, a little bit about who we were and discovered some overlaps in our interests. Yes, and I want to talk on that because when I thought of the podcast and the quote, and then I made you in... I asked if you were interested, you said yes, and then I get to your house and you have this quote, embroidered, framed, <laughs> and you've had it for a long time, you said, and I really think the interview was somewhat meant to be, and I appreciate you taking the time again. Tell me about how you ended in your career. Um, was it a long path? How did it start? Um, I, the, the story I tell is that I went to my guidance counselor in high school, and at that point, there really weren't very many options for girls. It was um, truly secretary, nurse, or um, teacher. And nurse was too icky, mm -hmm. and secretary, I just thought that would be kind of boring, and teaching, eh, that didn't appeal to me. So my guidance counselor said, how about special education? I went, ew, no. Um, and she said, how about speech and hearing? I went, okay, I like to talk. <laughs> so I do not ever give that advice to people as how to choose a profession, but it worked out for me. And as it turns out, I had some experiences that I didn't realize until many years later that actually pushed me, pulled me into this profession. And that was a cousin who I grew up with, is like a brother, and um, he had a lot of problems with his speech. He stuttered, he also had some, a lot of um, undiagnosed learning disabilities. And then also another experience that didn't really occur to me that fit into this moving me towards the professional path was I, my mother volunteered me for our vacation Bible school one summer. I must have been, oh, 11 or so. Hmm. And there was a little boy who I now realize was on the autism spectrum. No one knew then. And um, they assigned me to help him, to follow him around, to help him play 
you know, kickball and whatever. And so this I, happened when you were 11 years old. Yeah. And later in yeah. life, you ended up working. <laughs> right. But at the time, it didn't, when I fell into my career, it didn't really, it was after I told the story a number of times that I realized, oh, it wasn't really the guidance counselor. Some of those things happened earlier. Like working with this little kid and being completely clueless about what to do to how to help him do. That's fascinating. Play with friends. So, so there were many, and I think that's an interesting thing for people too, is to look for the signs, hmm. to look for this, the little winks that are there along the way, to give you some guidance about what might be the place for you. Absolutely. So then you started your career. Did you ever feel like maybe you made the wrong choice, or did you ever feel like I want to try a different path? Not really. Hmm. I think very early on, um, I wasn't sure if it was right for me, but um, and I did get another job, which was dead end, and realized that I needed to give this a chance, and I also needed to go back to school to get more, um, to get my master's degree first, and then I got a doctoral degree. But um, it's really been... Because I've had a lot of variety within my career, I've done a lot of different things, worked in different settings with different populations. I think that variety is one of the things that has uh, appealed to me. I also like teaching. I've been a university professor for a long time on and off, and that also is very fulfilling to see what I would describe to my students as you're the next generation mm. help you get ready because I'm not always going to be doing this and <laughs> we need somebody else to be stepping up so yeah absolutely so it seems like you always wanted to help people I think so I think that was always there um, I didn't know quite what how it would play out or how it would show up um, but it turned out this is a very very good career for me Okay, so that's your professional side. Tell me a little bit about your personal life. Um, well, there's been a lot of overlap in terms of um, wanting to help people and wanting to make a difference. Um, I've been on a spiritual path, Ricardo, for many, many years, decades, and done a lot of work um, exploring, you know, my place in the world and um, what this experience that we get to have means and um, I think having both a satisfying profession as well as doing a lot of deep work to figure out who I am and how I fit into the the grand picture that we call God mm. and what are some of those things that you did some habits some maybe tips that you have for people to kind of figure out a little bit of your calling or who you are? Um, meditation just showed up as a, as a word for me. I think taking the time to be still and silent. Um, and then listening and paying attention to any advice that you get. I, I feel very connected. I get lots of, I don't know, advice isn't quite the word that I want, but again, little pushes of, oh, I think you should try this or do this or... Um, I think paying attention to those. I journal regularly, and that's a very powerful process for me. Um, I also go over my journal at the end of the year to kind of look at what the big teachings were for me and um, what my successes were during the year. 
um, having communities. I've belonged to a number of, of spiritual communities and having other people with similar perspectives on life has been a big, uh, a big piece of my process. Awesome. What do you think some of, some of your hardships were? Um, trying to get this master's and, and get your own practice. Talk a little bit about, you know, you, you decide you want to do this and there's a lot of steps after that. What and, were some of the hard things and, and how did you overcome them? And you're right, challenges and barriers are always a long line. Uh, fear, I, you know, that just showed up as we're talking. I think fear that I couldn't do it, that mm. it was too big and too much and what was I thinking? And um, as I look back, I'm able to focus on the successes more than the failures and say, oh, if I'd only known that then, I might not have been so afraid. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's the financial of going out on my own. I was recently divorced and, you know, didn't have that second income. And so going into my own practice was a big stretch. It was, it turns out, the wisest thing I ever did mm. professionally and financially. But um, at the time, the unknown is always very, very scary. Yes, I think that's what holds the most people back from really following their dreams. And, you know, you have the fear and imposter syndrome is a real thing, too, when you get in your head. And, but sometimes you just got to take a chance, take a dive. And yeah. we, we spoke about two weeks ago, and you talked to me about this um, point A to point B. Explain a little bit of that. I find it really interesting. Yeah, this is, um, I can't take credit. I learned it from somebody else, but I've owned it. Um, so this idea of point A to B is the idea that you have a goal or something you want to attain that's at point B, and you're standing at point A. So the invitation is just to start moving towards B, even if you don't know if that's exactly what you want, and you don't know quite how to do it or how to get there, just take some steps mm. in the direction of B. And then, as you're walking along towards B, and I always like a visual with this, but as you're walking along towards B, you turn to one side and see C, and go, oh, I think that's really where I'm supposed to be. So, you, and again, you're not sure, and you have all the, you know, worries. You start heading towards C, and then off to the side you see D, and you turn towards that, and you say, "That's really where I'm supposed to be." Mm. But had you not taken that first step in the direction of B, you never would have found D or E or F or Z. The idea is that you've got to go out of your comfort zone, take some steps, and more will be revealed if you trust. More information, more opportunities will show up, but you've got to take some steps. That's something I've used in my life where maybe things are overwhelming or there's so much to do and even at work, you know, when you don't know where to start, just start anywhere. Pick something up, do something, and along the lines, like a domino effect, it's going to start falling in, into place. Let's talk a little bit about success, the point of the podcast, why you're here. Um, how do you view success personally? Well, the the quote that's driving your whole podcast, Ricardo, is, is really it, that it's not about the accumulation of wealth or status, though the sort of external um, things that we think of as, as, or many people think of as being um, a sign of success. It really is the whole idea of knowing that when you're done, that you've left a mark. 
that your being here has made a difference in other people's lives. And I, you know, at that stage in my life where I look back and think, I've touched thousands, maybe tens or hundreds of thousands. That's amazing. Because of the ripple effect. So I've had direct success in helping people and just making this world a better place, my tiny contributions. But those don't just stop with the one person you touch. They, then that person touches another thousand or whatever. And when you really start adding up, it's a joyous experience. That's beautiful. What are three words that come to mind how you want to be remembered? When you leave Earth, you accomplish everything you wanted to accomplish. What are three words that come to mind that you want people to say, this, Dr. Margaret was this way? Can I have a few more? You can, as okay. many as you want. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I did an exercise decades ago um, where it was... Um, you know, sort of planning your life, and what do you want to have carved on your headstone? Mm. And it was very clear to me then, and it still is, it's the exact same thing, she was a good friend. A good friend. What qualifies someone as a good friend? I think someone who's loyal and loving and kind, attentive, um, and it's it's doing rather than saying, you know. Oh, I'm such a good friend. I've got all these. I've got you know. I've got a whole bunch of friends. It's really showing up. I think that's it. It's showing up. Being there for the ones that need you. Uh huh. Yeah. I've been blessed to have really good friends, and so I think I've taken it seriously that I also need to be a good friend. That's something interesting. They say you know you you are who you surround yourself with. Mm, that's good. How have you dealt with some friendships that maybe have you dealt with any friendships that you had to cut off or that you had to minimize and how do you, and that's tough for certain people. So how do you handle that? Um, I, I don't have any really good advice for that. I, I've I have ended friendships. <clears throat> excuse me, and I never feel like I did it well. Mm. I think it's a really hard thing. I mean, there's the you just stop communicating. There's that. Um, but I've, I've been direct with when friendships have just reached their, the end of their... Um, they got an expiration date. Their expiration date, yeah, that describes it well. <clears throat> what do you think are some of the reasons we need to let go of certain friendships? Um, my experience has been that they've impeded my mm. growth. You know, that I'm on a not a completely different, but a slightly different path. And this person, this has been with relationships as well as friendships. It's just not supporting where I need to be going next. And so in order to, to continue to make the progress, sometimes we have to peel off the dead skins the best I can think. That's really bad. <laughs> no, but it's true. We have to. And it, my question, I guess, is do you ever... Has there ever been a time where you cut a friendship and maybe years later try to rekindle it? Or is it something that you just kind of move forward from? I think the friendships that I've ended, I've not wanted to rekindle them. I wondered at the time if I would be sorry and look back and want to, but no. Um, I think it's moving on to build new relationships that better serve you. 
that's sort of my feeling about that. Now back to the career path. What are some of the biggest impacts you believe you've had on some people? I've changed people's lives, Ricardo. Mm. I'm not going to be humble about it. <laughs> I help people communicate. I give people their voice. Um, I help these the, my clients who I work with, um, who have you know really significant communication problems. Right now, most of them are are um, able, but they don't know how to form friendships and have conversations like we're having. It's a struggle for them. And because my work has always been with the families as well, then they too have changed as a result of the work that I've done with, with the child because um, everybody grows and sees progress in, in their relationships. So I feel real, and people who stutter is a terrible um, disability that's filled with shame and not well known People have a lot of misperceptions about stuttering. And I think just really helping to give a sense of agency for these clients so that they, what you have to say matters. If it takes you a while to get your words out and it's a little bumpy, keep talking. What you have to say matters. That's kind of my <laughs> message to my clients over and over. Don't let, again, fear get in the way of saying what needs to be said. And you'll be doing this again for how long? 50 years. 50 years. So look, <laughs> looking back at those 50 years, is there anything you would do different as far as your teachings or your courses or is there something that you've always just evolved and gotten better? I'm sure 50 years is such a long time, you know, but do you, would you have done anything differently in your path? Periodically, I wonder if I shouldn't have gotten my license as a psychologist. Hmm. My doctoral degree is in psychology, so I could have done that. But um, this, the profession of speech-language pathology has really fit me and served me well. So I have very few regrets. Mm. And that's something that makes me happy, too, Ricardo, that there's just... It's rare. It's, I guess it is. That I, and I said, I, I, I want to be on my deathbed with no regrets or no undone... You know, I don't, I don't want to have any... Um, I should have, could have... Woulda. We talked when we first talked. We talked a little bit about having a balance. Um, it's hard to, you know, when you want to accomplish a goal. It's obviously about focus and, and sacrifices and, and being driven. But you also, in the times that we've talked, talked about having fun and traveling. And how do you, for such a demanding career, how did you find the the ways or the time to do that? Um, that's that's a really good question because that certainly fits in the area of challenges. Um, when you've got your own practice and you're building it, and um, it takes it does take a lot of persistence and focus. And I wasn't always good at balance, but um, I think because I love to travel so much and I knew how important it was. Anyone who's in the helping profession needs to feed their soul, hmm. um, and. So I knew to take the time off, even when I didn't think I could afford to, or I was leaving my staff behind, or all kinds of reasons to not go. But I don't think anyone's ever come back from a vacation and said, uh, shouldn't have gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, very it's true. It's a good time. And as you know, I love Italy, so traveling there has been, has really fed my soul. You still have a tr 
trip coming up, right? Uh, hopefully, yes. You're working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. Three months, my sabbatical, I'm calling it. Okay. Um, talk to me about, you've always been so, so influential to people, but you also mentioned you've had influential people in your life. A couple of examples of some people, of someone that, something that someone did that you remember exactly that, okay, that person's doing this and I want to imitate it or something along those lines. I'm a big believer in the concept of mentors. Mm. Um, and I've been fortunate to have some really important mentors. And I think the the main thing, I don't know if it was a specific you know, technique or strategy that I learned from someone, but one of the things I can think of when you talk about this, I'm thinking of someone in particular, and it was um, knowing that they had confidence in me, knowing that they thought that I could do it. Mm, that's so powerful. Really important. At the times that I doubted myself, knowing this person who I really respected and admired and looked up to, and knowing that that person thought, huh, little old me could do this? <laughs> and I, I'm going to tell you a quick story. I had yeah. an opportunity to thank a couple of my mentors. They're two different women who were my supervisors in two different jobs. And I had an opportunity to talk to both of them and to share with them and said, I don't know if you realize this, but you made a huge impact on my life. And um, I just want to thank you for that. And they were both incredibly gracious and appreciative, I think, of, of having me acknowledge what they had done. And I don't think they even really did realize mm. the impact. So maybe that's one of those pieces of advice to thank your teachers. Mm. Acknowledge their gifts to you even, or especially if they don't even they're just doing their job, but for you, their confidence in you or their, you know, maybe some advice they gave you or whatever, it's really made a difference. I love that because it, you know, they talk so much about the power of believing in yourself. And they always say, you know, as long as you believe in yourself, you'll accomplish anything. But that was powerful to me to hear that it's important to know that other people believe in you too and to hold those close. And like you said, really appreciate them and cherish them because a lot of people don't. And a lot of people want to see you fail. That's true, unfortunately. But I think, you know, it's this advice to believe in yourself has always felt sort of empty, like, well, okay, sure, good idea. How do I do that? <laughs> and I think one of the ways you do that is by other people. If they, as I said, if they, someone you admire has confidence in you and faith in you, then it's easier for you to start stepping into that. I think we learn to um, have faith in ourselves. I don't think that's something that's naturally... Are there any steps that you can tell people? Like, Be careful who you surround yourself with. It's the same thing you said about with friendships. Mm -hmm. Find mentors, seek them out. I certainly did. Talk a little about that. I know how important it is, and, and I've, it's been important in my life too, but how do you approach someone? How do you start the conversation with if someone's wanted to find a mentor and is there a fear of maybe saying no and yeah and I'm, I'm thinking for most of the people who I'm talking about they were in the, a leadership role they were my supervisors so it was part of their job I didn't have to go up to them and ask them okay. hey could you mentor me um, so it was it was just pretty natural but I think the 
tip would be to take advantage of that, to make sure you have regular meetings with that person and seek that person's counsel as opposed to just, oh yeah, they're the person that signs my timesheet or whatever. When you see someone who has some of the qualities, and specifically leadership, when you see some of those qualities, you just kind of snuggle up next to them and you <laughs> hang out and you um, take, you know, ask for advice and ask for feedback and, and seek out that um, guidance from people who you have come to believe no more than you do on a particular topic. And I don't think you have to make it a formal relationship. It's just that person's got something I want to learn and I'm going to hang out and soak it all up. Have you been approached by people asking to be to be a mentor for them? No. I know I have been a mentor for lots and lots of people, mm -hmm. but it's never been a formal arrangement. Okay. That's a good question. I mean, the employees I've had, students I've had, um, just professional colleagues, um, but it's never been a formal thing. They will tell me, you've been a great mentor for me, mm. but it wasn't. We, and so I don't think you have to make it um, explicit. Okay. Yeah. And so wrapping up about success, do you feel like you've achieved success in your life? Do you feel, if so, when did you feel that way? Or do you still have ways to go? How do you feel about your success in your life? Well, I still have ways to go, <laughs> so that's the good news. Um, I do. I, I feel very clearly that I have success. And as we've talked about this quote from Emerson, it's reminded me or confirmed mm. and assured me that yeah, you know what? You have made a difference. I've still got more differences I want to make, but um, there's there's nothing that I look back and go, oh, that you know, I didn't I didn't do enough. I I, I feel very very satisfied in what I have done, the the contributions I have ma made, and this concept of leaving a trace is really important to me. That I want people to be able to say. Wow, she she made a difference. She was a good friend. She was a good therapist. She was, you know, there's there's um, something that's changed as a result of my being here. That's amazing. So I wanted to ask you. I know this is a growing profession. What you're doing now, and but it's not an easy one. Um, I personally know some people that are trying to get into that path. What advice do you have for people trying to get into this career, into this path of helping others, teaching them how to speak, and communicate better? What advice do you have for people? Um, it is a, a, a growing profession, very needed one, and it's unfortunately also very difficult to get into um, graduate programs. Um, my advice, I've had a lot of people who've come to me for advice if they're thinking about entering the profession, is to find a, an area that you want to specialize in mm. because there's so much that we can do with this degree. I think it's important to have uh, an area that's just a niche where you feel that you can become an expert. Awesome. Well, I want to wrap this up. Um, thank you again for your time. One final question I want to ask you is uh, when you get to leave the world, what is one nugget you want to leave behind? Can I have two? Yes. Okay. Um, I think be curious. Mm. I think that's a really important quality of just being open and interested and, huh, that's interesting. So I think curiosity and then kind of connected with that 
um, is adventure. Be willing to have some adventures, take some risks, try something new, go out of your comfort zone. Um, but I'm a big believer in both curiosity and adventure. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for your time. I, I really enjoyed talking to you. I hope we can maybe do a hundredth episode on anniversary down the road. But I really I admire your journey and I want to thank you for sharing that with me. And it's, hopefully it's been my pleasure. If this one person listens fun. to this and, and gets inspired, I think our, our mission is, is accomplished. So I appreciate it and we'll talk to you later. Thank you all for joining me today. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you did, please share it. Hit that five-star rating. And follow the Instagram's podcast at local.success underscore. You'll be able to keep up with any upcoming interviews and information regarding the podcast. Thank you again, and I hope to have you back.